we are making sure you are getting prepped early for fantasy football this year so you can dominate your league mates. That is why we are going through our top 20 rankings. Welcome into another episode of the Fantasy Football Fellas Podcast. I am Lucas Wenzel, and as always, I am joined by my fellow co-host Tyler Plath. Cameron is out today. Uh, he was he was in town this past week. If you caught last week's episode, stayed through the weekend, but he is traveling home. It'll be just Tyler and I breaking down our top twenty running backs, early top twenty running backs for the fantasy football season. If you're not subscribed to the YouTube channel, make sure you do that. You can get content from us every single day in short form and long form content. If you're just listening to the audio podcast, thanks for tuning in. Make sure you subscribe, leave a review. Helps us out immensely. Ty, how are you doing today? Doing well. It's a Monday and uh, we've, we've gone over the spiel before. Mondays are not the worst day of the week. Tuesdays. Yeah. Yep. So, hey, you know what? The day before Tuesday ain't too bad. That's what I can say. It ain't too bad because we're going to be going through our top 20 running backs. I'm not going to keep the people waiting any longer. Let's dive in to our consensus ranking. So we have gone through and Tyler and I and Cameron and I and Tyler Cameron and I, all three of us. <laughs> I don't know why and, I broke and, it. Any kind of combination you can any think of. You, and Tyler and Cam. Uh, we've gone through. We are working on projections for our 2023 draft guide, which will be coming out June 1st. We are almost done with those, but not quite. You can look forward to that uh, in the next few weeks. But for right now, uh, we have gone ahead and ranked our top 20 consensus running backs for the 2023 fantasy football season. We are going to go from 20 to one, give you our thoughts on each, but we're going to have to fly a little bit, right? 20 names is a lot to go through. Uh, so we're going to try and give you as much analysis uh, as possible, but also recognizing like into a 60 minute episode, that's not even three minutes a player. Um, so we're going to try and crunch some together. We're going to try and speed through some as well, but uh, Ty, our, our running back 20, we'll kick it off there, is Ken Walker. Sophomore running back for the Seattle Seahawks. 228 rushing attempts for 1,050 yards last year. He was 11th in both yards and attempts last year, uh, even though he didn't become the starter until week five. Um, look, Ken Walker was a borderline top seven guy coming into this year in the fantasy community. And then what did the Seattle Seahawks go and do? They went out and, you know, decided to draft our boy, Zach Charbonnet, as we were, we were all praying for Zach Charbonnet to get second-round capital. Um, just not with the Seattle Seahawks, who already had Ken Walker, right? Um, so that obviously really puts a damper on Ken Walker's value. But I will say, Ken Walker is a big play waiting to happen. He's third in red zone touches and breakaway runs last year. So I think there'll still be opportunity for fantasy points there. Um, and maybe my the question we should ask is for us, is RB22 harsh of a rank for Ken Walker? Because I think that's what we need to ask right now. Because um, I have him at RB23. You have him at 20. Cam has him at 21. I think I'm a little too low on Ken Walker. But in general, is RB22 low on Ken Walker? It's funny you ask that because I was literally – asking myself that question the entire day 
I was like, are we still a little too low on Kenneth Walker? I mean, like, again, our consensus is 20. But I was like, does he sneaky have, like, top 15 upside still just because of the talent that he has? We've gone over so many times that the path to receiving work is out of the out of the picture at this point so he's relying on goal line carries and early down work which doesn't sound great but when you when you put it into or when you talk about it in terms of third and red zone touches third and breakaway runs like you said he's a big play waiting to happen you should still bet on that kind of player it'll be interesting to see you know when we get into august right what other updates have happened in seattle and with other teams and stuff maybe there's a push for ken walker to go kind of in that 17 18 range just because he does possess more upside just based on talent alone and and i was thinking about that today so i wouldn't be surprised if it hits general consensus sometime in the future that hey ken walker's a little too low and that he's still uber uber talented see my problem is though like he's going as the rb15 and underdog drafts right now right Promo that is rich. Will, that's Promo rich. will get you a hundred dollar deposit bonus uh when you sign up with that code but yeah that's like but that's too rich so like how unrealistic is 20 though that like that's the counter i ask myself then because i wouldn't draft him at 15 but like oh you know what you know three spots higher at 17 oh yes glorious right like like i don't know how big of a deal it is it's between 15 and 20 i think 20 is like on the lower end i think 15 is on the higher end but compared to what other fantasy running backs there are um, that's really not that much of a of a variation in outcome for ken walker so uh, yeah, like you said, it'll be interesting to see what kind of buzz he picks up throughout the offseason and where the rest of the fantasy community kind of lands on him. Yeah, because right now it feels like 20 is a little too low, but like I'm not willing to take him as the RB15 in underdog drafts right now. Um, speaking of underdog drafts, a guy we really like in underdog drafts right now, James Conner comes in as our running back 19. Uh, only played 13 games last year. He was out with injury, uh, but he did have 782 rushing yards on 183 attempts for seven touchdowns. Those obviously came down last year. Uh, the receiving work, though, 46 receptions on 58 targets for 300 yards. He was the RB9 in fantasy points per game last year. Now, Ty, I think you've been drafting James Conner uh frequently and often so you can probably give me his adp on underdog fantasy right now last time i checked it was rb 20 what was it 27 it is the rb 27 it is the rb 27 which is absurd <laughs> it's too low it's too low people james connor going as the rb 27 is absolutely absurd in games without Kyler Murray last year, he was averaging 17.5 fantasy points per game in half PPR formats. In weeks 14 to 17 without Kyler, he was the running back four overall. Now, let's expand that sample size, because if you remember in 2021, Kyler also missed three games. If you expand that sample size to 2021 as well, he's averaged 19.5 fantasy points per game without Kyler Murray the past two years. It doesn't matter how James Conner gets it done. He, he may not be the most efficient back in the world, 
But when Kyler isn't in the game, they're still going to put the ball into his hands and they're going to rely on him more, which you can think that's very odd. But James Conner has improved without Kyler Murray. Uh, so if there's any chance we miss Kyler Murray for four or five games this year, which isn't out of the realm of possibility, it's also totally possible he's back week two, right? And you only get one game without him. But that being said, like, I think that's what keeps him at the RB19 for us is there is this massive upside, but also like we saw what he was at the start of last year as well. And it wasn't all that great for James Conner. And you do have to bake in the injury implications and potential for that as well. But James Conner is an absolute value at the RB27 in underdog drafts right now. And he comes in as our running back 19. He's he's 19 for you and I, Ty. He's 20 for Cam. Uh, and frankly, I, th- I, I think that's about right for James Conner, for being perfectly honest, because... The upside is there, but it's it's not it's probably not top ten still. No, and I was thinking back to last year, right? Because last year we were coming off of James Connors or James Connors' biggest fantasy production year, and a lot of people still had James Conner inside their top ten. And I know for myself, I was not willing to go in a top 10 capital on James Connor. There was still value there for sure, but it seemed a little too rich for me last year. And now to find him at the running back 27 and underdog, it feels like we've kind of, we've overcorrected based on what we saw last year. And he's now I, I like, I literally had a tweet. I'm trying to remember how long ago it was. But I was like, hi, my name is Tyler Plath, and I cannot stop drafting James Conner on Underdog Fantasy because it's such a value, and he has so much room to improve on from last year. And last year, granted, 13 games, but again, the running back 90 fantasy points per game, like we're talking top 20 upside, could be pushing top 15 again just based on volume alone. Based on volume alone, that is a big thing with James Connors. He's going to have to get the touches because, again, he's not going to be the most efficient back, but if he gets the touches, the points will come. Joe Mixon is our running back 18 now. You're probably thinking, well, what if he's suspended? We don't know that right now, and that's baked into this ranking. Um, As of right now for our draft guide, we are going to be projecting Joe Mixon for a full 17-game season. Until we know for certain whether a player is going to miss time, albeit for injury, whether it be for um, legal reasons, uh, whatever it may be, personal, whatever it may be, um, unless if we know for sure we stat these players out for 17 games, we provide that information to you and we let you, the people, do whatever you want with it. Um, because like I, I, we posted a, to a clip from last week's episode and uh, somebody in the comments was like, oh, you have to make it in. We make it in for everybody else. Um, but the thing is, right, like I'm giving that information based on a full 17-game season and what I believe. The people, you, like you can bake that in for Tua. It's right to bake that in for Tua. And and we're baking that in here for Joe Mixon, albeit in our rankings. He, I mean, I don't know how much higher he actually will come out, though. Because you look through some of these numbers, he hasn't averaged more than 4.1 yards per carry in any of the last four seasons. He was like, you can say he was seventh in fantasy points per game last year, but he only had four games over 13 fantasy points last year. And one of them was his 51 point bomb. 
He was the RB 17 in fancy points per game in weeks one through eight before his 51, which was sitting at right around RB 18 here. Right. So like, I don't know how unrealistic this might actually be for Joe Mixon. I don't want to be a pessimist, but also like he, he, he's not someone who excites me this year. I don't, I'm not going to have much of any Joe Mixon on any of my teams this year, whether it be best ball, whether it be redraft. I don't think I'm going to have much for much of Joe Mixon this year around the board. He's 18 for you and I 15 for Cameron, but we all know Cameron just likes Joe Mixon because he has to, at this point, he, he pushed his chips in like three years ago. Right now. I think the thing with Mixon is just that last year it was just ugly volume that kept him in the top 20. And yes, there was one big game, but I'm expecting more of the same this year. The, the Bengals have clearly made the decision to, really kind of turn the offense over to Burrow and Chase and Higgins rather than a ground and pound and play action style. And there will still be some kind of production for Joe Mixon just because the offense is such a, you know, productive offense. But the days of this top 10 upside young running back that we once saw him as those are long long gone yeah long gone i don't i don't think you can look at joe mixon as a top 10 option anymore like that that was a two-year window and last year was a borderline window miles sanders is our running back 17 keep moving look he had he had a career career year last year 250 nearly 1300 yards 1269 scored 11 times after not scoring at all in 2021 um, only saw 26 targets though, but here's the good news of Miles Sanders. Frank Wright, Carolina Panthers head coach, has come out and said that, that he views Miles Sanders as a three down back. And so when we go back to Miles Sanders first two years in the league, he saw 52 and 63 targets, uh, respectively in each of his first two seasons. He's also been incredibly efficient on the ground the last three years. He's averaged nearly five yards a tote, 4.9 yards per carry. Like we we were notorious, this show, all of us, for hating Miles Sanders, for for creating a dynasty league titled Miles Sanders sucks. <laughs> like like we are notorious Miles Sanders haters. There there's no two ways about it. I'm not going to deny that, but we're also not afraid to to admit when we're wrong, and and say hey we got it wrong, and say <laughs> we all really like Miles Sanders this year. His opportunity is perfect. There's hardly any competition for him. Like, he might actually be the best offensive weapon that this team has. He's RB15 RB for you, RB14 for Cam. What, are you questioning me? No. Are you going to say something absurd? Like no. Jonathan Mingo? No. Well, you heretic? You, 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 know, you know that Jonathan <laughs> Mingo just makes your boy happy. But I, Miles Sanders was in my opinion, at least the biggest winner uh, from free agency, from a fantasy perspective, like the situation that he landed in, it was such a home run. And for those of us like me that held on to him in dynasty, yep, we're now reaping the, the benefits of that, of that uh, acquisition and stuff. And, and look, well, you didn't hold on to him. Well, you, you didn't hold on to him. 
you i traded him to you i <laughs> you traded I him away made a trade before a decision was made that's fair by other people but you didn't have him on your roster for about a month that's about it <laughs> yeah that's true but anyway anyway um but we do need to remember though that miles sanders was um falling down the death chart a little bit in philadelphia before last year so back in 2021 when Sirianni was hit, was in his first year and was the play caller. And then about halfway through the year, they made a switch over to Shane Steichen. And immediately Steichen really kind of valued Sanders and made him kind of the lead back. And granted, there were some other injury problems in the end of 2021. But Steichen trusted him in 2022, and we saw that in fantasy. And we'll talk about Sykin a little bit later because now he's the the Colts head coach and they have a pretty good running back too. But look, Miles Sanders is going to be he's going to be he's going to be good this year, and he's in a he's in a good system. He's gonna he's gonna score touchdowns. He's gonna get work. There's not a whole lot to hate about Miles Sanders this year. No, there really isn't. I think there's only optimism on my end and. I mean, you just look at some of these names ahead of him. Like, there might only be, like, two guys uncomfortable putting him ahead of, which is why he comes in at 17. But, like, like Miles Sanders could easily be top 15 this year, and and I wouldn't bat an eye if he were a top 15. Even, like, can I – is it too far to say, like, borderline top 12? He He's going to be, like, that high-end running back, too, in my eyes. Yeah, right, which will be anywhere from, you know, like, 15 to 12, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, so but again you look at some of these other names that we have coming up and it's like i don't know how i put miles sanders ahead of any of these guys really um that next name being well cameron can put him ahead of of travis Etienne because cameron like just hates travis Etienne with a burning passion um (laughs) (laughs) look travis Etienne was eighth in rushing yards last year uh 220 rushing attempts for 1125 yards five touchdowns I uh, caught 35 passes on 45 targets for 316 yards. They did add Tank Bigsby this offseason in the draft. I'm so conflicted on Travis Etienne. Like I wake up one day and I love Travis Etienne. I wake up the next and I'm and I deeply regret the trade I made with you that involved Tony Pollard and, and a few other pieces as well. Um, as I was giving away Pollard. I there, yeah, I have him as my RB twelfth. And the more I look at that number, the more I don't like it. Now, when I look at Cameron's and I see 19, I'm like, okay, now that's just absurd. Uh, but then I see your running back 14 is where you have him ranked. And I think I feel better about that because it's not that Travis Etienne isn't efficient with his touches, right? Like he, he, he was 10th in yards per touch last year. When he gets the ball in his hands, he makes something happen. He averaged over five yards carry. He's fifth in yards per reception and breakaway runs as well. But, the problem, though, is that I think some people are, are going to expect Travis Etienne to, to get more receiving work. They're like, oh, it's still there. The, the upside is, is still there. He was 27th in route participation last year. So whenever the team ran a passing play, basically that was however many times Travis Etienne was involved in a passing play. 41%. That was 27th amongst running backs. He was also 23rd in fantasy points per game despite being so efficient. And the problem is that Travis Etienne just can't score touchdowns. Well, let me rephrase. Travis Etienne didn't score touchdowns last year. And you add a bruiser like Tank Bigsby who can kind of do it all, but primarily he's just a tough runner. Like, I don't, that doesn't, 
give me much hope for Travis Etienne to, to find the end zone much more than four times again this year. So, so like, this is more so me, like, affirming your ranking of, of RB14 than it is, like, trying to prove Cameron's point and, like, talk myself down. I just think that's probably the more realistic spot for Travis Etienne. And I just know there's so many people in the fantasy industry that are just absolutely bonanzas for the guy. And I don't even talk about the wide receiver room. Like, I'll, yeah. I'll let you dissect that because I've been yapping a bit here. But, yeah, like, like, like it's they, like it could be a top 12 Travis Etienne. But the more I just keep putting pieces together, the more I'm like, I just don't see it happening. Like, I think it's going to be closer to 15 than a 10. Yeah, I, 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 I th- just based on the stat line from last year, I'm low key expecting the same this year. Like, yes, Tank Bigsby is now in the backfield, but Tank isn't like a world beater yet. No. I still have high hopes for the guy. He was oh, one yeah. of my guys as well. But me both. <laughs> um, like Tank isn't going to make such a huge impact in year one that's really gonna, you know, make a dent in ETN's workload from a rushing perspective. From a receiving perspective, um that's not gonna happen. What we saw last year is not likely to happen again this year. Christian Kirk, the emergence of Zay Jones from last year. You bring in Calvin Ridley, and let's not forget Evan Ingram, too, who had a kind of a breakout last year. So the receiving work isn't going to be what everyone wants it to be. The same kind of efficiency on the ground, which is nice, but like we need to put touchdowns on top of it to really make it worthwhile. Yep. But that's just not ETN's game. That more so favors Tank Bigsby. Now, granted, I'm not going to sit here and say, like, Tank Bigsby is going to outscore Travis Etienne by four touchdowns this year. I don't think that's going to happen. But what I do think is going to happen is that we're going to see a little bit more of Trevor Lawrence. We're going to see a little bit more of Zay Jones. We're going to see a little bit more of Evan Ingram in the red zone just because they are bigger targets and bigger bodies. So you take all that into consideration ETN is just going to be one of these running backs that we've seen in years past. That is just the epitome of efficient, but just not a capitalizer on high end fantasy points, i.e. touchdowns. He had five last year. I'm expecting the same. So you can love ETN all you want. He's just not going to be for me this year, but I can understand why he's going to get this top 15 hype and all that stuff because he's still a young running back. He's only in year two. So I year three, year two of actual play. So there's stuff to like about ETN, but I cannot jump on board with this top 12. Even, I mean, I've got him at 14. It was a struggle for me to put him in that 14 spot because I just can't buy even top 15 at times. Yeah, I think he's going to be like the cute name to put inside of every top 10. Because right. he's just a fun, trendy name to put in there. And people are like, he was a first-round pick, so he has the upside. He was super efficient. Um, but it, it comes down to the opportunity and the kind of opportunities he gets. And and like you said, I don't know if he's going to get enough of the fantasy point, the fantasy point opportunities that that we all long for, the, the 50, 60-plus receptions, the the seven, eight touchdowns a year. Like, I just don't think Travis Etienne is going to get those numbers to put him over the top, 
which is why, again, like I think 12 is too high. And like when, when I finish my projections, I'm not going to be surprised if he, if ETN does like come outside of my top 15. Um, but for now I'm keeping him at 12 for the sake of not making this episode too chaotic. Let's uh, let's cover one more and we'll, we'll take a quick break then. Dalvin cook comes in as our running back 15. Uh, look, he's, he's likely to be a post June one cut that that's no secret that that's been rumored around the league forever. His yards per attempt has been declining each of the past three years. He was at five yards of tote back in 2020, 4.7 in 2021. He's only at 4.4 last year. However, he was still like, I, I dove into Dalvin Cook's numbers and I like, I couldn't believe what I looked at. He's still top six in opportunity share, top six in carries, top six in rushing yards, all amongst running backs. Do you know he ran the second most routes last year amongst running backs too? The second, what? I mean, it's the second most. Like, like I get it, pass heavy Kevin O'Connell offense, but the second most routes amongst running backs. Shoot. The, the problem with that though is that he was only 15th in targets and 17th in receptions amongst running backs. So I have no clue what in the world to do with Dalvin Cook because he's not, again, much like Joe Mixon, he's not the young stud that he once was. He's not an efficient. He doesn't have that same juice anymore. But man, when he's running the second most routes, like that to me says, hey, there, there's receiving game upside here that's untapped. Should he stay in Minnesota? Now, if he doesn't stay in Minnesota, now we have to you know, rediscuss Dalvin Cook. But but you have him all the way up at 12. I have him at 15. Cam has him at 17. Um, you have him all the way up at 12, though. Like, I, am I not? Are you just wearing the rose-colored sunglasses and, and letting everything be all pink and pretty? Or, like, am I am I just missing something here and, and I should be higher than 15 despite everything that I just read? I think part of the reason why I've got him at 12 is I just – Yes, it didn't look like the same Dalvin Cook last year, but the guy still ran for 1,100 yards. Still, and he had his most carry since 2020. Yep, when he had 300 and he got 260. Granted, again, it wasn't pretty, but Kevin O'Connell still saw something in Dalvin Cook to say like, "We are going to rely on you as our as our featured back," and then all the the I mean. We we can <laughs> we can sit here and be like, wow, second in routes run out of the running backs last year. Wow, I I kind of expected in a Kevin O'Connell offense, yeah, right? But he, I think here's the thing. I wonder just how much of it was a step back versus just a new system for Dalvin Cook, where again, like he's he's not the main guy in the offense anymore. It's Justin Jefferson, right? So if he gets cut and he goes to a Miami, I feel like 12 is like the right spot because he's then going into a much more efficient offense with Mike McDaniel, who is going to just love using a guy like Dalvin cook. So maybe part of my ranking is just a bit of optimism that like, maybe he does leave Minnesota and he finds his way to a Miami. And I'm not saying that like Dalvin has been bad in Minnesota. When I say like being in Miami would be awesome, but it's, it it is just kind of taking into consideration where he's at right now in his career. So I'll, I'll give some credit to the, to the argument of like, he has, 
kind of fallen or taking a step back. But I don't, I just don't really buy such a dramatic fall from grace of Dalvin Cook. He's still, he's still a very, very good running back in the league. Any coach would want to have a Dalvin Cook on their team. So maybe it's pure optimism that I've still got him in the top 12. Maybe that's a little too high, but I, I, I feel like there's, it's not all doom and gloom with Dalvin Cook. And that's just what I feel. And that's what I hear anytime I hear anyone talk about Dalvin Cook. I mean, is it really all that fall, far of a fall from grace, though, if he finished as the RB14 advanced points per game last year? No, no. But I, I, I think. Like, that's my counterpoint is like, it's not like he was great last year. Like, fi- like I feel like 15 isn't crushing him compared to what his fantasy points per game totals were last year. No, no. And and I think I think your your ranking of 15 is justified. I yeah. mean, fully. Um but I just think we're kind of on this emotional roller coaster of like we still when we you hear the name Dalvin Cook, you think top 5 running back in the league, top 5 in fantasy, like the nostalgia of Dalvin Cook almost. Sure. Yeah, yeah. And Maybe I'm still just writing it a little bit, but I, I like I said, you're you're completely justified with a 15 spot for him. Yeah, the nostalgia is definitely wearing off for me. Like I like I'm waking up from from the laughing gas after getting my wisdom teeth pulled with Dalvin Cook last year, and it, it, it's finally wearing off for me now. Where it's like, okay, I'm I'm, I'm seeing the light. Um, I, I'm coming back to my senses here. But um, that being said, what what is he going as the RB 22? on uh underdog he's, right now he's been that, that, that's that, that's been pretty low on that's been pretty bad on underdog he's going outside of the top 20 running backs which is yeah. insane when you can get derrick henry josh jacobs uh in the third round uh and get dalvin cook then like three rounds later in rounds five or six like that that's insane value on underdog i i'm all over that because i think so many people are just expecting him to get traded like Madison is starting to creep his way up to Dalvin Cook, where Madison start might 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 start going ahead of Dalvin Cook in those drafts. Madison is currently going ahead of James Conner right now. Yeah, which uh, it's uh, that's premature for for Alexander Madison. That's premature. Like I'm much more of a like we have to get the confirmation that that this is actually happening <laughs> before right. we before we make any drastic adjustments. Uh, let's kick it to a quick break here to hear from our friends over at underdog fantasy. And then we will be back and we'll have to, holy crap. We'll have to fly through the top 14 running backs in our consensus ranks. Uh, let's hear from our friends at underdog. Today's podcast episode is brought to you by our friends over at Underdog Fantasy. Now, we love Underdog. It is the easiest place to play best ball formats, and they even have their own form of player props called Pick'em. You can make up to 20 times your money on a single night by correlating props together. Two picks will triple your money, three will six times it, four will ten times it, and five plays that all hit will multiply your entry by 20. You can even place insurance on your picks too, so if only four of your five props hit, you still get ten times your entry. And if you use our code FELLOWS when signing up, Underdog is going to double your first deposit up to $100. Artie, we are back. I keep trying Did to you time, time it. it. Yeah, I Did keep trying to time it? it. I'm always early. Always you're early. Down, you're down here and and the camera is up here. So I, I, I was not I was not looking, but <laughs> I noticed you did that in the in-person episode last week. Let's uh let's fly through our top 14 running backs here, Ty. 
Jameer Gibbs, he comes in at 14. He's my RB16, your RB17. Cameron is hot and bothered by Jameer Gibbs, man. He has him all the way up at RB11. I mean, I can't blame the guy. I like, I love Jameer Gibbs. I don't know if I like top 12 Jameer Gibbs, but here's the thing. If he's truly going to fill a DeAndre Swift role in the Detroit Lions offense, Swift saw 70 targets in 14 games last year, despite playing 40% of the snaps in only three games, which is absurd. Absurd. That kind of volume should not be coming on 40% or less of snaps and only in, in what, how many games did he play last year? Do you play 14 games last year? So in 11 games, he played yeah. less than 40% of the snaps. That is insane. So if Jameer Gibbs plays more than 40% of the snaps and at least half his games this year, I mean, there could be some massive things in store. Like Dan Campbell is truly looking for his Alvin Kamara. And, and like he might just deploy Jameer Gibbs as Alvin Kamara. The big thing, if a top 12 Jameer Gibbs season is going to happen, he'll have to top 60 receptions this year. Now, in, their, in NFL history, there have been only six running backs who have topped 60 receptions in their rookie season. Eddie George in 1996 played for... Tennessee Titans. Houston Oilers, close enough. Um, the same thing. <laughs> basically the same thing. Eddie George, 1996. He had 66 receptions. Reggie Bush, his rookie year in 2006, he had 88. Matt Forte in 2008, he had 63. Christian McCaffrey in 2017 had 80. Alvin Kamara in 2017, he had 81. Then you have Saquon Barkley in 2018 who had 91. So if Jameer Gibbs top 60 receptions, like Cameron might be onto something where we see a top 12 finish from Jameer Gibbs this year. What probability do you give that? Uh, I would say 40% it does, 60% it doesn't. I think I'm a 45-55. Because I, I think it totally can't happen. I could also see Dan Campbell not giving – like the other thing you have to remember with DeAndre Swift too is like, yes, he didn't get the rushing touches, but dude, when, when he got – DeAndre Swift would break one loose every week too. That's the other thing we have to remember with DeAndre Swift. He's also uber efficient. And I think Jameer Gibbs can be as well, but I don't know if I want to put that all into a rookie uh, running back. You even look at like Matt Forte, Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley. Like these were highly, Reggie Bush, these were highly touted prospects. Like not that Jameer Gibbs wasn't, but like not to the level that those three were. So I, I, I love the talent of Jameer Gibbs. I don't know if I'm ready to push a top 12 agenda on him. But the threshold is 60 receptions. And I think if he does that, like he does give himself a really good shot at making himself like a really sneaky good pick for your fantasy teams this year. I'll, I'll say right now, and, and emphasis on right now, because we could revisit this in like a month or two, and I will have a completely different opinion about this. But just right now, I find the better value. If, if we're looking at the Lions running backs, I find a better value in David Montgomery right now than I do in Jameer Gibbs. And that's not to say that Gibbs can't do what we want him to do this year. It's just a gut. It's, it's a gut feeling that I've got right now. And again, like I said, we could come back to this in a month, month and a half from now, and it could be very different. And I say like, no, Gibbs is absolutely worth wherever he's going in your drafts. But I, I, 
I just, like you said, like you look at the names on this list, Eddie George, Reggie Bush, Christian McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara, Saquon Barkley, like they were known to be elite receiving prospects. Gibbs, I, Gibbs was good. I wouldn't put, he was was a borderline elite receiving prospect, but we all knew like between the tackles, he, he wasn't much of anything, but Reggie Bush, Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley, like they were do it all running backs. They had Mm -hmm. multiple facets to their game. So that, that's where I'm like, I don't know if I'm ready to quite push that, but yeah, yeah, it could happen. Yeah, it could happen. We could come around on this sometime down the road and be like, actually, no, we, we feel much stronger about this now, but I think right now, if I if you know if I'm in an underdog draft, I know that Jameer Gibbs has got the upside, but I will move past Gibbs and just wait for a running back later, like his counterpart David Montgomery. Yeah, I'm really interested to see how far apart they do end up being in drafts this year. Uh, for the sake of time, we'll keep it moving though, because we could sit and chat Jameer Gibbs all day. We'll probably debate. Jameer Gibbs, David Montgomery on our divisional breakdowns, which will come in a few weeks here. I believe the NFC North is like next month around this time, not a week sooner, like three weeks from now. Let's move on to 13, which is Maurice Hall. Ty, I, I'm, I'm, I think I'm afraid that people have forgotten how good Maurice Hall was last year. They definitely have. He only played seven games, right? Towards ACL. Unfortunate. But before that, seventh in fantasy points per opportunity. Sixth in fantasy points per game. Third in yards created per touch. Second in breakaway run rate. First in juke rate. First in yards per touch. The man was absolutely insane. Breeze Hall was like, he was en route to being a top five fantasy running back on the year. Nothing could stop that man whatsoever. Now, when when you look at his return for this year, August will be nine months of recovery for him. I have him as my RB10. With these younger running backs, I'm not as concerned about the ACL tear. Like, like I don't think Breeze Hall is like, again, he was going to be a top five running back last year. I'm boiling that in here. I think Breeze is just that freaking good that he can still be my RB10 going into this year, and I'm not so worried about it. He's your running back 13. He's Cam's running back 16. I just firmly believe in the talent. Like, you still have Michael Carter there. They did draft Izzy Abanacanda. But he went in the fifth round. Michael Carter was a fourth-round pick. Brees Hall, like, clearly superior to both of them. If anything, they might take the gas off Brees a little bit. But again, I with how efficient and crazy good Brees is, I don't know if it's going to matter. Because he could just hyper-efficient his way to a top-10 finish, and that's why he sits at RB10 for me. Yeah, and I think I think the reason why some people may be out on Brees might truly just be the acquisition of Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, And true. the, you know, while I understand it, and, and this is going to be a lofty kind of callback, I guess, but... Aaron Jones finished, you know, one, if not, or two, if not one, whatever year it was, I keep, he had two two top five finishes on back-to-back years, right? Like I keep, I keep blanking on the years for whatever reason. 
Sorry, Aaron. Uh, that would have been his 16 touchdown year in 2019. Yes, 19, 20, 21, 22. Yeah, 2019 and 2020, he had back-to-back top five finishes. Aaron Rodgers can be good, and he can have a running back that also does well in fantasy, and the two can coexist. So uh, don't don't be so scared off by Aaron Rodgers coming into town. This system will still want to run the ball. And Rodgers will still want to make plays on his own, but Rodgers understands that you need a balance between the run and the pass. And honestly, if we (laughs) – I'm not going to say it like that, but Rodgers will want the ball to be run because it makes his job easier. Yeah, I don't think he wants to go out like Tom Brady. No. I don't think he wants to go out hucking the ball 45 times a game. Like, no. Like I, he, I, I also don't know if Rodgers has that kind of juice left in him either. Like I, I think he understands that like there may be times where he has to. Oh, yeah. But he will not want to do that every single game. He's going to manage the back end of his career far more like LeBron versus Brady went out like Kobe, just hucking it up all the time. <laughs> For all you basketball fans out there as well. Let's keep it moving. Aaron Jones, speaking of former... Packers teammates and Aaron Jones finishing inside of the top five for two years. Uh, look, Aaron Jones, he was still a top 10 running back last year, believe it or not. 1100 rushing yards last year, caught 59 balls on 72 targets, caught five touchdowns last year as well. Only two rushing touchdowns though. That's the big concern with Aaron Jones. His, his rushing touchdowns have been decreasing the past four years, 16 in 2019, nine in 2020, had four in 2021, and last year only the two. But his receiving touchdowns have gone up. He's had 11 over the past two years. Ty, take a guess on how many he had over the first four years of his career. Seven. Six. Oh. Six over the first four years of his career. He's he's almost doubled that the past two years. Still an efficient back, too. Average 5.3 yards per carry last year. Five true yards per carry. That was seventh best amongst running backs. 12th in yards per touch. 10th in yards created per touch. Ninth in evaded tackles. Ninth in breakaway run rate. Like, he can still make a big play happen. And I think this Packers team is going to need that to help out Jordan Love a little bit. I think he's going to be a good safety valve for Jordan Love. You're not going to like drafting Aaron Jones this year. But like I like the top twelve upside is still there. I think like I have him at thirteen. You have him at sixteen. Cam's all the way up at nine. I think that might be a little rich, but like I'm not like Aaron Jones is going to flutter right around that twelve to fifteen range again. And I think some people like are, are going to be surprised by that. Where it's like, how does he keep just pulling off these top twelve finishes? It's like, well, because they don't. Like they they, they like to use Aaron Jones, and Aaron Jones is a very efficient back. He's it, like he is kind of a like draft him and like. Just don't watch the game because every time AJ Dillon is in, you're going to rip your hair out. Mm-hmm. So is that like is that why you have him outside of the top fifteen? Like you're worried about this split and and those rushing touchdowns just really are becoming less and less sticky by the year for him. I just I it's a question that I'm still asking myself and still trying to figure an answer out for. What's going to be the difference between Aaron Jones and Jameer Gibbs this year? I was thinking that earlier too. I was I was seriously wondering that. Of like I th- I think here here's what I think. I think Aaron Jones is going to get more rushing attempts. True. Um, yes. And and I think what separates them is that Aaron Jones will probably still see, you know, 200 plus rushing attempts this year. Um 
and and I think Aaron Jones will be the more efficient back. Yes. Um, I can't, oh, I, I didn't have that. I wish I had my projections up and ready. I could tell you how much I had each of them statted out for because I've statted out the NFC North. But um, I, I think that will be the difference, but I also get where you're going with that. Like, I, 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 I would agree with that, that Aaron Jones is going to be, or is going to have the better kind of rushing production between the two. Um, receiving could be the same. So obviously you give, you know, if, if, receiving cancels out then you give the advantage to the rushing production that aaron jones will have right but we if you look at the rushing alone from aaron jones it's travis etn esque right so it's like like how (laughs) how good can it really get like it'll still be solid but like it, it it it's tough to just like wrap my head around like Okay, he's going to be a Jameer Gibbs in receiving, but then a Travis Etienne in rushing. So, like, does that make him top 10 like Cam has him? Or does that make him like a 13 like you have him? Like, I will I will concede that 16 is too low just <laughs> with all the points that we have made. But, again, like, it's just one – like, Aaron Jones is going to be super, super tough to figure out. And it's one that I'm just going to have to sit down and like literally devote like a, like an hour or two to just him and just be like, okay, this is the, this is the green Bay Packers this year. How is Aaron Jones going to fit into that, into that puzzle? Yeah. I I'm really intrigued to see where he ends up because yeah, he he's one that I don't, I, I can't figure him out. I think the upside is still there, but like, again, he he's aging like a Dalvin cook, like a Joe Mixon, right? Like that efficiency is going to run dry at some point. And, and frankly, that might be this year if, if teams are going to start to make Jordan love beat them. Um, so, so we'll see. He's our running back 12 for now. Najee Harris is our running back 11. I have him at 14, which I, I think I'm starting to convince myself. He's too, that that's too low on Najee. Uh, you have him at 11 cam has him at 12. Still got over 300 touches last year, 300 or 300 and um, oh, 15 to be 25, excuse me, to be exact. No, sorry, 300, 313 to be exact. I looked at his targets. I looked at his targets. Um, 53 targets last year. Saw that nearly cut in half from 94, 2021. It was really a, a tale of two seasons, a tale of two halves for for Najee Harris last year from, uh, from weeks one to 10 first half of the year he's the RB 26 128 carries it's about 14 a game and he averaged just under 11 fantasy points per game at 10.8 from weeks 11 to 18 though he's a running back eight or excuse me from weeks 11 to 18 he was a running back six 144 carries 18 a game 15.7 fantasy points per game so we saw Najee kick it into gear the second half of the season. I think part of that is like the offense finally coming together there with, with rookie quarterback, and you got George Pickens on the outside trying to get Deontay Johnson involved, and you got a little bit, little bit of Pat Fryermuth sprinkled in there. And they've been working on improving their offensive line this offseason, right? They took Broderick Jones, 14th overall in the draft. Um, they, brought like, in, I, uh, they brought in Isaac uh, Sumalu from Philly. Thank you. Yes, they brought in Somalu as well from Philly. Yes, thanks. I, I, I'm like, there's one more move there that, I, that I'm that i spacing on. And, and yeah, it was Somalu from Philly. I I don't know if Najee is like, he's not a high upside running back this year. 
but he's one that I think I feel safe, like especially in underdog drafts, like getting a value on him. Where it's like, yeah, you know what? If, if I draft him as my RB1 in the fourth round, I think I'm okay with that. I, I just think we're going to see a bit more, uh, I guess efficient's the right word. Like we're going to see a bit more efficient rushing from Najee this year because the, the offense is really kind of found their identity now, right? Like obviously rookie year Najee with his receiving work, that was just a byproduct of having Ben Roethlisberger as your quarterback. Last year, you're going with, from Mitch Trubisky to Kenny Pickett, who traditionally never really dumped the ball off. Like Kenny Pickett is athletic enough that he's just going to take it on his own. Right. So if anything, we're like going into this year, I'm kind of expecting the same receiving work, but maybe just a bit more efficient with his running touches with an improved offensive line. And, and, and again, when he's getting 15 or more carries in a game, the dude is significantly better. And, uh, and, and yeah, because duh, more carries equals more <laughs> yards. Yes, I know. I know. Did you hear the TikTok comments screaming at you? Yeah, literally. That's just conditioning now. So, um, but Najee may be sneaking up my rankings here by the time our draft guy gets out maybe even when July and August come around, but I Najee's one of those guys that I, I have, I'm the highest on out of the three of us and I'm sneaky feeling like he should be in my top 10. I don't know if I'll get to top 10 with Najee. I'll get to top. I'll get to 12 for sure. Um, That being said, uh, yeah, maybe as the off season goes on, I, I might get there. Uh, we'll be making updates to that draft guide all off season long as well. We'll be sending out a weekly update. Um, you'll, you'll get weekly updates in, in an email every single week of the changes we make to the draft guide. Uh, we're going to, we're going to roll it out in a, in a bunch of different features and uh, like, we'll, we'll, we'll give it to you right away, but that is not the final copy is what I'm trying to say. Uh, you will be getting updates all throughout the off season in terms of adjustments to rankings. We'll start adding write-ups in there. We'll, I think we're even, I think we're going to add a few videos to some players as well. Uh, but we'll roll that out slowly as the off season goes on. So you're not just sitting with the rankings done all the way back in May and three months before the NFL season starts. <laughs> right. So we will be updating that for you all as the season goes on. Ty, we got 10 minutes to cover 10 running backs. That's a minute oh, of running back. Good. Let's start. Uh, let's fly through Ramondre Stevenson. Look, he was awesome last year. Um, he scored 12 plus fantasy points every single week from weeks three to 13 last year. He was tied for second in yards after contact per attempt with 3.4. That's with players who did see 300 or more snaps last year. Um, He's pretty much, he's top 10 for you. He's RB 11 for me. He's RB 13 for Cameron. Look, by adding only James Conner, not James Conner, James Robinson, excuse me, to the backfield, I think that says enough for me that Ramondre can go ahead and have himself another top 12 season. I don't know about 10, but again, I've got him, I've got him at 11. I feel, I feel pretty good about that. Having him in the top 12 again this year, just with the touches they're probably going to give him again, this this team didn't go out and get anybody big to compete with touches in the running back room or the receiver room, like Juju. Like I think that's probably more about not having anybody outside of, Nelson Aguilar, Kendrick Bourne. What name am I missing there? Um, 
not well, Tyquan Thornton. He hardly saw the field. They just signed Juju. Well, that, that's what I'm saying. Juju is taking more away from the wide receivers last year than he is from Ramondre last year. That's more so what I'm trying to get at. Right. We, don't, we don't need to. We don't need to sit on it. But <laughs> I think I think you and I both agree. Ramondre is looking pretty good to have another top 12 season this year. Yeah. If you, if you ever find him outside of the top 12, you need to go get him as soon as you can, if possible, because that's a that's a value and that's a steal. Let's keep moving. Tony Pollard's at number nine. Oh, dude, I. I think we got to have a hot and bothered episode where we each talk about a player we're hot and bothered by. Yep. Tony Pollard's my player this year. Oh, he, no. he is by far my, my hot and bothered player this year. I I cannot stop drafting Tony Pollard in underdog drafts. Look, a thousand rush, a thousand yard rusher last year, averaged over five yards per carry, scored nine times on 193 attempts. Caught 39 passes as well. Three touchdowns, 317 yards on 55 targets. Those are all career highs. He was first in yards after contact per attempt. I have him as my RB9. I'm telling you right now, that's way too low for me. Same here. That's way too low for me. Um, I told you this before we hopped on. As of right now, I have Tony Pollard statted for more points than Saquon Barkley this year. I am... I am pushing all the chips in on Tony Pollard this year. He has that entire backfield all to himself. He was second in rush yards over expected last year. I, I what like, what do you want from the man? I have him statted out for 272 rushing attempts over 1300 rushing yards and double digit touchdowns. Like he's going to get that receiving work too. Like you look at him and Zeke last year, Zeke scored touchdowns last year. Who are those going to go to Ronald Jones? I know you and me love some itty bitty baby boy Deuce Vaughn, but like, yes, sir. I like I, he ain't touching Tony Pollard. Mm-mm. Malik Davis, he he's not getting anything. It's the Tony Pollard show, unless if they bring Zeke back. Like, like Pollard's still gonna be top ten for me. That's where I'll probably have him as at the running back nine. But as of right now, like Pollard's gonna be knocking on the door for top five running back for me this year. And it's it's justified. I mean, the guy has been efficient his entire time in Dallas, and people have been crying out for volume. <laughs> for this, right. And he gets it now. So, like again, there should be no reason why Pollard falls outside of the top 10 at the end of the year, and he should be knocking on top fives. Uh, and Brian Schottenheimer is the OC there. Um, so he he's only led two top 15 offenses in his career. I will say that, but... Um, he he's also done some all right things with Seattle's run game too. So I'm not, I'm not too, too upset about it at the end of the day. I'm not worried about it. That's what I'll can say. I'll say, I think some get too caught up in the Brian, Brian Schottheimer stuff. I think that probably impacts more, more of Dak than it does anybody else. Josh Jacobs are running back eight. Look career year last year, 1600 rushing yards, 12 touchdowns on 340 attempts receiving work somehow still came in. Didn't catch a touchdown, but, 53 for 400 on 64 targets. Look, 4 4.8 yards per carry. He he hadn't been efficient an efficient back thus far in his career. 4 yards and 3.9 yards 2 years prior. He was fifth in yards after contact. Uh he's basically our running back eight across the board except for you you have him at seven and I'm okay with that. Th- this feels about right though cuz then you get to some of these other names and like I I like I think we all agree Josh Jacobs isn't going to repeat a career year, but, but eight feels about right. Given the guys we have ahead of him and the upside they all have and the situations they're all in 
as well. Like I, I feel pretty good about that eight for Josh Jacobs. And I think there's still room for like top five optimism there. Yeah, totally. I mean, he's, he's the, we could see some regression, like you said, in just some st- statistical categories, but he's still going to be the goal line threat for him. He's, he's gone up and receiving every year. I I'm pretty sure that was, yes, that's yes. true. Yeah. Cause, cause I, I, I remember saying last year, there's no way he's getting that receiving work again. And what did he do? He, he topped it. So yeah, and, <laughs> I and, just looked stupid, but that, that was an industry thing. Uh, the yeah. industry was out on Josh Jacobs. Yeah. So I, Josh Jacobs is, is going to be just stuck behind guys like Derek Henry, Bijan, Jonathan Taylor, just because they have, just the the feels it feels right having those guys ahead of Josh Jacobs. If you were to have Josh Jacobs ahead of those guys, you would be very very uh, you would be questioned a lot. But yeah. you, Josh you, Jacobs, you like he's still in that tier though. Like he's sure at the bottom of the tier, but he's still in the same tier as those guys. So he's he's going to be worthwhile this year. I wonder if him and Nick Chubb need to be in the same tier this year. Like I like I don't know if Nick Chubb cracks that that top six like we all really want him to. Cameron has him top five. He's our running back seven. He's my seven. You're eight tied behind. You have him behind Josh Jacobs. But but like I wonder if he and Nick Chubb are going to put up sneaky similar stat lines this year, where Nick Chubb is going to get a crap ton of rushing attempts. He's going to rush for for five yards of carry like he always does. He's going to score double digit touchdowns. Now the only thing is that he gets receiving work now too. Like, that's crazy. No Kareem Hunt. Jerome Ford is the backup there. They let Dearness Johnson go to the bank, or not the Bengals, the Jaguars, excuse me. I'm like, wrong, wrong, wrong cat. <laughs> um, like, it might be the Nick Chubb show. And I don't know if Nick Chubb sees 60 targets this year. But I think I'll see more than 37. Um, I, I have yet to stat out the AFC North. I had that, that's on one of, one of my next teams or one, blah, blah, blah. it's my next division to do. Excuse me. Like I'm probably going to stat Nick Chubb out for probably 55 targets this year. And that's going to help him out immensely and probably help him crack this top seven. Um, but yeah, I, I like Nick Chubb this year. There's a lot of good opportunity there. Again, I just don't know if it's enough to put him ahead of these, these next six guys, which are going to be bona fide studs. Not that Nick Chubb isn't. Yeah, I I wonder if by the end of this I'll have Chubb at nine, Pollard at seven, and Josh Jacobs at eight. That was I don't know why I set that out of order, but right. like I like those three. Probably they, feel like, they feel like a good tier of their own this year, right? Like Pollard may not get the same rushing volume as Jacobs and Chubb, but he'll make up for in receiving a touchdown right. production. So yeah, hundred percent agree, hundred percent agree with that. Derrick Henry. I think he kind of belongs in a tier of his own this year. The um, king. The king, right, the Yeti. He he, he gets the, the, the Yeti king tier. <laughs> Three, 350 freaking rushing attempts last year. Is he going to slow down at all? Like yeah, he, he has to. I mean, you, you look at, you look at uh, let's do the quick math. Did he rush for four yards carry? I don't think he did. I think the past two years he's been under four yards carry. Uh, um, you want to fact check me on that? I believe he's been I, at 3.9 and 3.8 the last two years. Let me see. Da, 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 da. Either way, he uh, he caught only thirty three passes last year. year. He was at four point four last year. Correct. I'm really bad at math. Let um, me, yeah, let me double check and triple check because no, I, I, that that's probably right though. Looking at the math, that's probably right. 
He played 16 games last year. He's running back second across the board for all of us. Like, you can't stop drafting Derrick Henry until he burns you. Like, you're going to get caught with the bag on Derrick Henry. That's what's going to suck. You can't say, I'm not going to get caught with the bag uh, because we've been saying that for the last two years. (laughs) And if you say it again this year, Derrick Henry is going to have another top six finish. So um, I think you just have to keep drafting him, and it's going to suck when you get caught with the bag, but it's going to happen, and um, you'll just have to bite the bullet there. I'm sorry. That that's my analysis on Derrick Henry. He's too insanely good to not not draft. Like Derrick Henry is going to be the one player that I know will fall in drafts this year. And if I'm in the late first of redrafts, oh, I'm I'm all over him. In the late I'm first. all over it then, right? Like I'm all over it, him. Like it, 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 I, I like at that point. I don't care if I get burned. It's just the value that you're getting him at. And, and yes, you will look, it'll look, it'll feel bad that he doesn't come through if he falls off, but that just happens sometimes in fantasy football and you just got to take it on the chin. It, it's not unrealistic for Derrick Henry to be a second round pick this year. I don't think, because I think a lot of people are going to be more on the wide receivers this year. Yeah. And then you throw on the Travis Kelsey and, yeah, then right, some of the right. Like, got I can name, I can probably name off ten guys who are going to go ahead of Derrick Henry, uh, Christian McCaffrey, Austin Eckler, Justin Jefferson, Cooper Cup, Stephon Diggs, Tyreek Hill, uh, Stephen. I, I lied. Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, Cooper Cup. Those are the three wide receivers after the two running backs. So that's five. Travis Kelsey. Uh, you can make a case for Jonathan Taylor. You can make a case. I think Bijan will go ahead of of Derrick Henry. What is that? Seven, eight. <laughs> Then you throw in Diggs, you throw in Tyreek. I was counting with you, and then you went back to Jamar. And then I went back to Jamar. I forgot about Jamar. I think I was was at eight, eight or nine. So there, there, I named basically 10 guys. Like Derrick Henry could be second-round pick this year, which is absolutely crazy. (laughs) Um, But again, all those guys. Oh, and Saquon Barkley. That's who else is going to go ahead of him. Yeah, as I'm looking at the rankings, B. John Robinson comes in at five. Um, Look. The Atlanta Falcons ran the ball 33 times a game last year. They ran it 36 times a game with Desmond Ritter at quarterback. Um, I have Bijan statted out for like 17 and a half or uh, 16 and a half touches per game. Touches 16 and a half rushing attempts per game. He's probably going to fall within the top five or six of my rankings. Have fun with Bijan Robinson this year. Don't fall for it. Don't don't be victim though to drafting him as like a top three running back. I think a yeah. lot of people are going to make that mistake. They're going to get too excited and try and be predictive. And uh, I've, I've seen him go as the second running back uh, at like fourth overall in best ball drafts. It's ugly. It's bad. Don't, don't, don't do that. Don't do that with Bijan. Um, <laughs> don't be that guy. Y- you can draft Bijan, but, but don't be stupid with where you draft Bijan. Jonathan Taylor comes in at four. Look, he had a down year last year. Only played 11 games, right? Average only seven, eight, ru- 78 rush yard, rushing yards per game. My goodness. Uh, 0.8 less yards per carry last year than in his phenomenal 2021 season. Uh, this is a guy who's in a contract year, though. Uh, and look, if Shane Steichen can go ahead and and, and zap up the 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 life well, well the the life shockers, I can't think of what they're called. My my wife is here; she should be the able to tell me what those are. The ADs, yes, thank you. Or you rub those together, clear, and, and you bring. You bring Miles Sanders back to relevance in fantasy football. Um, he can do that with Jonathan Taylor. 
can he not? Like, like I think some people are overreacting to Anthony Richardson here, where they're like, oh, Anthony Richardson is going to come in. He's going to take all the rushing attempts. Like, look at Jalen Hurts. He's going to, like, Anthony Richardson's going to be like that. It, it, you can't set that expectation on Anthony Richardson right away. You can't, they're going to feed Jonathan Taylor the football. They don't want the ball in Anthony Richardson's hand. Like, they, they do to make dynamic plays, but you really think Shane Steichen wants Anthony Richardson to have 40, like, 40 opportunities a game to do something with the football. They they definitely do not want the football leaving Anthony Richards' hands that often. Right. It's either going to be <laughs> right. in his or in Jonathan Taylor's. Right. I, I don't like if Anthony Richardson averages more than 22 passing yard passing attempts per game this year, I'd be shocked. Yeah, be shocked. yeah, like there there will be some games where he has to throw the oh, ball. Oh, he has like, to. Yeah, there will be like, some games where he has to. Like, but don't expect that majority of the year. Like <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna get the Justin Fields treatment before he gets the Jalen Hurts treatment. He needs to. <laughs> he needs to. Saquon Barkley comes in as our running back three. I don't I like I don't hate this. I think Saquon's gonna be really good this year. I don't know if he's gonna be top three good though. Um, I'm a fan of Saquon Barkley. I think Brian Dable is going to get the ball into his hands. I just uh, like, again, like I said, I have Tony Pollard status for more points than, than Saquon Barkley right now. And I have a feeling Tony Pollard is probably going to be like my RB five. That would put Saquon Barkley as like my running back six. I'm not like, I'm not speaking ill will on on Saquon Barkley. I really like Saquon Barkley. He, he has overall RB one upside. I'm not going to say he doesn't. That'd just be stupid. Um, I, I have him at three and I think that's pushing like the highest of where I would, um, uh, project optimism for him this year. Saquon's going to be comfortably top five for me. I don't know. Oh exactly. yeah. Com- yeah. 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 Comfortably top five. I think is fair. Yeah. Like, I don't know where, but it like, I will always listen to the arguments for top three upside. I literally yeah. have him as oh, my yeah. right two in this list, yeah. but yeah, like, it's top five for sure. And yes. if you find him outside your top five, like and like Lucas, like we'll call Saquon since you have him at six, we'll just call it five B. Yeah, we can say five B. That's fine. Like, like, if, at, like again, after Derrick Henry, you put those dudes in any order, and I don't think I'd be too upset. Mm-mm. Austin Eckler's are our, our running back too. Um, look, you don't like the fact that they're not going to give him a ton of rushing attempts with Kellen Moore. He doesn't need that though. 204 rushing attempts last year for 915, 13 touchdowns. Um, those are going to come down. The The 13 touchdowns are certainly going to come down. Well, um, maybe, maybe you don't think so. You don't think so. Or, or I, you, you, yeah, you don't think they'll come down. Um, the receiving work will probably come down. I don't think Austin Eckler hits hundred receptions again this year. Um, where do you have him at? How many receptions do you have him for? I think I'll have him somewhere between like 80 and 90. So it'll still be high, but it won't be this kind of yeah. earth-breaking, earth-shattering like total. Yeah, I think I'll have him between 85 and 95. Uh, because they're still going to get the ball into his hands. He's mm-hmm. argu- uh, arguably the best player on the offense. Yeah, well, like, outside of the quarterback, but yeah. Well, yeah, okay, yeah, outside of Herbert, but like, in terms of who Herbert is giving the football to, he's probably the best weapon for that offense. So I I don't – like Austin Eckler, too, I think is fine. Um, if you want to put him at one, you go ahead and put him at one. 
Uh, but Christian McCaffrey is our number one running back. Can I just can I just give a, a, a word of caution? No, 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 no. Okay, 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 okay. I look, 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 look. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. You're sitting here snickering. You know how because... bad that sounds, Lucas. <laughs> no, you're you're snickering because, um, for for those of you who don't know, we 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 only came out with one episode last week. That's abnormal of us. We normally do two a week, and in this episode, we had we had to scratch this episode last week. Um, but at the end of the episode, I gave a rather heady warning, a very I would say hot take ish warning on, on Christian McCaffrey. I'm not going to that extent, but I will say that there, there is a part of me that is slightly concerned for Christian McCaffrey this year. And I think there's a decent sized opportunity. He doesn't finish as the overall running back one this year. You just look at games with Elijah Mitchell last year, um, weeks 11, or excuse me, weeks 10, 11, 12, and 18, uh, 38 rushing yards. 39 rushing yards, 32 rushing yards, 45 rushing yards. In those games, 17.7 fantasy points, 17.6, 8.9, Um, He had zero touchdowns, period, in weeks 10 through 12. So you're relying entirely on Christian McCaffrey's receiving game in an offense that has a ton of receiving weapons. Now, is Christian McCaffrey the best one out of all of them? You could easily make the argument, yes. That being said... I don't want to put all of my chips in on a guy who I'm going to be banking on receive purely receiving work when Elijah Mitchell is healthy and in the lineup. He's still my 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 running back one. Like like turn your like turn your listening ears on. He's still my running back one. That's just my like word of caution on him though is if he doesn't finish as the overall running back one, don't act like Christian McCaffrey just decided to fall off the face of the earth. It's because Kyle Shanahan is also going to feed Elijah Mitchell as well. Look, there is one lesson that I learned early on in my fantasy career. Never trust Kyle Shanahan. Okay. Oh, no. You can't. When you think you have figured the guy out, he changes it all up. Okay. So just (laughs) you still have to take him RB1. I don't know if I th- I feel like that's too early to say that, but right now he's the first running back off the board. Yeah. Yeah. I, still, like, I, I don't disagree with that statement right, like, at all you, whatsoever. Like you still have to take him, but you just have to understand that Kyle Shanahan may just do you dirty and <laughs> you will never get an explanation for why. And if you're okay with living with that, and understanding that you are getting arguably the best player in this position group in fantasy football. Yeah. Yes, you should do so. But again, I, I, I speak, I say all that just because I have gone through that myself where I'm just like, Kyle, why the heck is Elijah Mitchell getting the same amount of work as Christian McCaffrey? We'll never get an answer for it but that's Kyle Shanahan in just his nature. So just, 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 just understand that. There's a realistic possibility. Christian McCaffrey doesn't finish one or two in fantasy football this year. That's what I'll say. You, yes, but you, but you don't draft him as if he's not going to be because he probably will be if we're being perfectly honest with ourselves. All right. Anything you want to add? We're 11, 12 minutes over. Um, so hopefully not much. Yeah, no, <laughs> not, to, no. not to shut you up, but also <laughs> we're running over time. No, um, 
No, I'm excited to go through a wide receiver. No, wait, no, wait, no. Yeah, yeah. Wide receivers receivers tomorrow tomorrow or uh, next week or this week. Excuse me. Later this week. Yeah. You can see we're still getting used to the new schedule, but (laughs) two episodes a week. Well, Well, what's weird is that Memorial Day is coming up. We'll only have one. Oh, yeah. Well, hey, you know what? That's a three day weekend. So I'm not really going to complain too much. Cha-ching. Yes, we will be back later this week with our top 20 wide receiver rankings again if you haven't subscribed to the youtube channel already please do that that helps us out immensely you'll you'll get notifications if you turn those on uh, for all of our upcoming content as well we're starting to drop youtube videos in june like 8 to 12 14 15 minute youtube videos in june uh, we have short form coming out for you every single day i mean it's worth the subscription y'all uh, so go hit that subscribe button if you haven't already if you're listening to the audio version of this podcast thank you so much for listening in uh if you'd be so kind to subscribe to the podcast leave a review as well we would greatly immensely appreciate that i'm at lucas wenzel on twitter tyler underscore plath or two stooges out of the three being dudes fancy football fellas we will see you all later this week deuces deuces